host Nisan Naidu, and as of like literally like two minutes ago, uh, the K that uh, Kyrie trade to Dallas is official according to the NBA app. Yo, I don't. This is crazy. I was gonna make a podcast um on Saturday when the news came out. And then I was like, nah, I want to see what happens first because I need to kind of get my thoughts in order first. So I was going to like record on Sunday before I went to work. And then, uh, yeah, I, I think I just put it off because I was like, okay, we'll see. Because then like, I don't, I didn't really know what was happening. And then as of uh, yesterday, yeah, yeah. So since yesterday, Monday for us in New Zealand, the trade, uh, they reported that, uh, you know, Shams and Woj just said that Wo- uh, Kyrie's been traded to the Dallas Mavericks. And this is crazy news because Kyrie has established, like, he established this a while back. But now it's kind of, it's set in stone that this dude is a generational narcissist. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word. This dude is a generational uh, um team breaker if if that's like if that's the right way to say it this guy breaks up teams wherever he goes he has a terrible track record of teams struggling with him and improving without him maybe you know or, like you know having uh not even maybe improving but having a uh, uh, great success with when he leaves it's insane what this guy does so the trade, the official trade is um, uh, Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris straight up for Dorian Finney-Smith. So those two players straight up for Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, a protected 2029, I'm sorry, an unprotected 2029 first round pick and two second round picks in 2027. I don't know if they're protected or unprotected. Regardless, that's a huge price to pay considering Kyrie Irving is in a contract year. He will be a free agent next year in the summer. Or I guess for us in the winter and the spring. So, how did this come about? I don't know. (laughs) I I think I was about to answer it and I just realized I don't really know. This guy... Actually, I do know. I think the Nets just got fed up with this guy's BS. Him and his vaccine stars. Now, with all due respect, I do not want to offend anyone that is anti-vax for whatever reason you are. I I personally, I am pro-vaccine. Whatever his reasons are for getting the vaccine, for not getting the vaccine, that's on him. I am not going to bludgeon him the way certain people in the media have for not getting the vaccine. That's his right, I guess. But the other things like taking time off to sp- taking time off for personal reasons or personal issues when it's your birthday, uh, uh, you know, uh, the the ant- uh, the anti semitic issue Kyrie had at the start of the year, not wanting to back down and getting suspended and all that stuff. It's just I think it's just become too much for him s- for for the Nets. And honestly, I don't blame them. It almost seems like they were they've been waiting to trade him for a while with the reports coming out they've been wanting to trade this dude for a minute and uh, um, a deal a nice deal came about and they're like ah oh, cool like it kind of worked out that he requested the trade but it's still crazy because 
this Nets fiasco. I was talking about it with my mom, dad, and my brother. And my brother actually asked a question. He said, describe the Nets in this, this the KD Kyrie era of Nets. Describe that era in one word. My dad said uh, instability. I said uh, unstable. I said, uh, oh, I used a big word, but I think we the big word we used was that like failure, uh, toxic, um, unstable, mismanaged. All these n- extremely negative words about two star talents, two star players. Kyrie Irving, when he's on the court, is arguably the best show in basketball. His handles, his shot creation, the way he moves around with the basketball, it's its art. It really is. Along with KD, who I think has the smoothest game in, in basketball. Some would say Paul George. My brother would say Paul George. I still think it's Kevin Durant. I think his game is flawless. It's amazing to watch those two guys play. But Kyrie hasn't played enough. He's missed, I want to say, about 148 games and played 156? That, no. And it wasn't even because it... Majority of those games missed were not because of injury. It's because of him just not wanting to play. Kyrie Irving has become an enigma, a uh, an entity on by himself, the, like a Kyrie Irving entity. He... Let, 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 let's look at his track record, you know. In Cleveland, he was hurt for a lot of his time there. He had no success. He was an all-star, but the team was in the lottery for a long time. Braun gets there, and the first year, they go to the finals. He gets injured. That's not his fault. Injuries, I'm not going to hold against you because injuries happen to everyone. It's a part of the game. It's unfair to, to attack uh, a man for being injured. When, you know, sometimes your body just can't, you know, you, it can't hold up. These guys go through heavy seasons. The whole, all year around, these guys are working, and they're putting their body through immense uh, pain. And, you know, they, it's, a, it's a very, it's a taxing, sp- it's a taxing sport. It's a taxing uh, job, you know, to be a professional athlete. It doesn't matter. So he got hurt. Then in 2016, you know, the epic comeback, the greatest comeback in sports, the 3-1 comeback, they win a championship. Kyrie Irving hits the greatest shot. And cements himself as one of the great players. Cool. They lose in 2017. They get gentlemen swept. But, the, you know, that's not their fault. They were never really going to beat the Warriors. Katie ruined basketball. But then he decides, you know what? I don't like playing second fold to LeBron. I want my own team. I don't like this anymore. I wanna, I'm going to leave. If you don't trade me, I'm going uh, to have a surgery that I forgot what the surgery was, but I said, I'm going to have surgery that will keep me out for the rest of the year. Season-ending surgery in the off-season. Cleveland says, nope, we are not doing this. They pull the trigger. They make the trade with the Celtics. He goes down. He plays well, but then, fun fact, if you were threatening surgery, you didn't get surgery, he got hurt anyway. He missed the playoffs. They go to the conference finals, game seven, uh, where, you know, the Celt- the baby baby Tatum and baby Brown come up against the greatest version of LeBron James we've ever seen, the greatest individual player I've ever seen, 2018 LeBron James. But yeah, then 2019 is the biggest roller coaster of the season, the Boston Celtics going up and down and up and down, and they don't 
they get they've had they had problems all year. Terry Rozier moving to the bench, giving uh, to give Gordon Hayward his minutes, and Kyrie Irving, Brad Stevens struggling to control the personalities in the locker room and figure out how to you know figure out how to put Kyrie Irving into that Brad uh, Brad Stevens uh, system, which Kyrie Irving does not f- did not fit in, and theoretically shouldn't have fit in. But you know it is what it is. Yeah, the coach has to has to uh, you know do with what he's got. Then he goes. He's like, yeah. At the start of the season, he goes, yeah. Uh, if if you're willing to have me, um, I'm gonna resign. The crowd goes, woo. And then the great meme of Al Horford in the back is going like, yeah, you ain't signing back. You gone. But then he does leave. He signs up with Brooklyn, and he misses so much of that season because of in- uh, injuries in the 2020 season. Excuse me, because he's injured and he has personal reasons. And I don't want to turn this into a Kyrie Irving bludgeoning, which probably, if you're still listening, it has been that. But it's just that this guy has been... A plague is too strong of a word. That's a rude word to put onto another man. He has destroyed teams. He's a destroyer. He's a generational team destroyer. Uh, I hate to say it, and I like watching the guy play. Everyone does. You ask anyone, they'll be like, hey, do you like watching Kyrie Irving play? There is a high chance that they will say, yeah, I love watching Kyrie Irving play. His handles are elite, the greatest handles of all time. His game is is, is is incredible. So now we are here. I'm not even going to bother talking about the Nets because if you don't know about the drama of the Nets, yeah, do some research, man. It's You've been living under a rock. They've been the greatest drama. They've been a, the greatest probably sitcom in basketball over the past three, four years. Maybe three years. But it's it's crazy how we got here. And now he's finally requested a trade. He wanted to go to the Lakers, allegedly. Joe Sy said, no, no, no. I am not. I will send you anywhere else except the Lakers. Which, fair enough, I guess. You don't want to strengthen another team. When, you're, when you've got KD on ice at the moment, you're waiting for him to come back, and the team is pretty good. But you've, str- you've lost, I think, in the games, they've, they've only won maybe three, two, three. Three, four games since KD's gotten hurt. I haven't been watching the Nets recently, but you've had the worst defensive rating since uh, KD got hurt. When KD was playing, you had a top five defense. KD goes down. Now you're at bottom, rock bottom, number third. What's going on? Is, is I I get it. KD is you know he's an MVP player. He's one of the greatest. He's having a, a, a is having an amazing MVP season. I don't think he is the MVP, but he's having an MVP-type season. It's just, I feel bad for Jacques Vaughn. I feel bad for KD, who had to defend him and put up with his BS for the longest time. Steve Nash got rightfully fired, but he was the classic. The team has had, hasn't been successful, so we fire the coach. And do I think Steve Nash was a good coach? No. Do I think he deserved to get fired? No. But I'm happy for him because he's finally away from that team and those guys. Then Jacques Vaughn comes in uh, when after Kyrie's suspension. He comes, uh, you know, Kyrie comes back, and Kyrie puts his head down and just works. He goes to puts his head down, shows up to work, and he's been balling. He's 11th in scoring. You know, he's on on crazy efficiency. He's playing so well. But he just can't help himself. It's been two months. Two months. I'm saying this into the mic louder. Two months. 
since a Kyrie quote-unquote incident, and he can't help himself. Although I did find it funny that on quote-unquote Michael Jordan Day, ESPN, what is going on, you weirdos, you bloody... I don't I want to say the word, but I also don't want to get... I don't want to try and swear too much so I can hopefully start earning money with this thing. But MJ Day, really ESPN? Really. The only thing that made me happy was that Kyrie Irving ruined MJ Day and MJ's Insecurity Day by requesting a trade. And everyone's been like, all right, forget MJ Day. This dude wants out. This guy's a, this narcissistic guy wants to leave. It's amazing. And when the reports came out, they said the Mavericks, the Phoenix Suns, and the Los Angeles Lakers are at the top of Kyrie's destinations. And those are the three teams that have made offers for Kyrie Irving. So when the Mavericks first made their offer, I said, nah, this is not going to work. Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic are two ball-dominant players. They need the ball in their hands to be effective. Now, Kyrie Irving, when James Harden was playing, has told you know told James Harden, hey, you're the point guard, I'll play shooting guard. And he played off screens, he cut, you know, he was, he was pretty good. It didn't last too long because Kyrie, you can't, it feels awkward and, you know, it, it, it just couldn't work. Luka Doncic, his use, he has the second highest usage rate. I think Giannis is number one. He's second in scoring. He's top five in assists. That guy needs the ball in his hands. How is this going to work? Jason Kidd has his... Jason Kidd has... I thought Jason Kidd was one of the, the uh, top five coach last year at the end of the season. He's not... Hasn't been showing me that same thing because... He's put the ball too much in Luka's hands. He's running way too many Luka plays. And not even... Like, the play could be for... I don't know, like a, a, a three for, say, Dorian Finney-Smith or Tim Hardaway Jr. But you have to have Luka bring the ball up and organize the offense. There was no... With Jalen Brunson gone, there was no primary ball handler. But you had Spencer Dinwiddie, who wasn't getting touches. Like, what's going on there? Regardless, though, I don't know how I feel. I still don't know how I feel about this trade. You gave away your best wing defender in Dorian Finney-Smith. You you, you know, Kyrie Irving is a great offensive talent. He's better than Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie. But he ain't defend like Dorian Finney-Smith. Dorian, and Spencer Dinwiddie, he, he can try. Kyrie's... Uh, Kyrie's Defense, I will give him credit. Kyrie's defense has improved a lot this year. And that's, you know, you that that's what you kind of like to see. But will it work now? You've lost a lot of defense at the guard position. Luca can't guard, can't or doesn't want to guard. Kyrie Irving, he's too short to guard. And, you know, he just doesn't have those skills. He reaches in too much. So what happens now? I don't know. The Lakers, it would have been a perfect fit. Well, maybe not a perfect fit, but it would have been great. I'm mad. Just to go on to the Lakers a little bit. They offered those two first-round picks and Russell Westbrook, and the Nets said, nah. They said, no, we want uh, we want Max Christie and or Austin Reeves, and the Lakers said, no. Fair enough. You want to hold on to your future. You're giving, you're giving away two first-round picks. And your young talent, fair enough, H- hold on. But at the same time, you've got LeBron James in year 20. He's going to break the scoring record tomorrow against the Thunder. He's averaging 30 on better than 50% shooting. Why not get the guy to help him maximize his quote-unquote prime 
and win yourself a championship. You won one, and now you're happy. What's going on? That's, as a Laker fan, as a LeBron fan, that's made me incredibly mad. You know, it's disgusting. And LeBron's tweet, maybe it's me. Honestly, it might be one of the most depressing tweets I've ever seen, given the context. But regardless. Brooklyn now gets a lot better. Spencer Dinwiddie gets to go back to Brooklyn. The Nets were a pretty good defensive team with uh, with KD. And when he comes back, now you get a much better defender, Dorian Finney-Smith. Ben Simmons... Seth Curry, or actually, you know, Ben Simmons. What what would a starting lineup be? Hit me up. Tell me. I'm seeing a starting lineup of Ben Simmons, Spencer Dinwiddie, Kevin Durant, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. Actually, put Katie at the four and Dorian Finney-Smith at small forward, and Nick Claxton. It's pretty good. That's a good defensive team, if you ask me. So I like Brooklyn's odds, but I still don't think that's enough for them to win the East. Brooklyn right now needs to make other moves. I don't know. At best, I think Brooklyn can get to the conference finals. They can. They will easily win a first-round matchup, I think. They can easily win a first-round playoff series. They will most likely meet one of these four teams, the Bucks. The Celtics, the Philadelphia Sixers, 76ers, and the Heat, Miami Heat. I I would, Brooklyn would be the underdog against any of those teams healthy. Any of those four teams healthy, health for health, you know? Both teams healthy. Any of those four teams healthy against a healthy Brooklyn team now that the trade has gone through? Brooklyn is the underdog in that series. Probably losing six, maybe five. I don't think they can force game seven, as great as KD is. Maybe you win. You know what? Maybe it could be a seven-game series. You never know. The scoring, you know, we saw Kevin Durant drag that team in 2021. But yeah, Brooklyn, Brooklyn was never, I don't think Brooklyn was, Brooklyn was never legit, how do I say this? They were never legit because they were always the Bucks and the Celtics who I thought were just better than them. And you know what? The Miami Heat, because the Miami Heat, are the, they're, they're always a wildcard team. You know, they can go from making the conference finals one year to then getting swept in the first round the next year, as we've, have, as we've seen. But I do wonder if Brooklyn's mentality will change now that the drama has gone. A guy that has been responsible for 90 percent of the drama in that team and locker room and in that in that area basically in that team he's gone so will the team's mentality change will the the offense flow better will will guys uh, buy in more can guys play harder will guys play hard enough will there be more team chemistry on that team i think there will be but yeah i'm excited it doesn't shake up the east as much as you think, but it definitely shakes up the West because Dallas's odds to win a championship have improved from, I don't know what the numbers mean, but I think they were plus 800, now they're, wait, plus 1,200, now they are plus, no, plus 1,800, now they're plus 200. I don't know what that means, but those are numbers. For guys that are into numbers and betting, do with that information what you wish. LeBron James 
is trying to win a championship and the the f- the front office seems to just not like him as i mentioned before th- they they offered westbrook and uh two firsts brooklyn said no but at the same time joe sai also said i am not trading Kyrie Irving to the lakers he just refused to he said he's like no i refuse to i wouldn't that, that was th- out of the 29 other teams that we could have traded him to the Lakers were the one team we would never trade him to. Now, fair enough. You don't want to... The team was good as it is. You want to maximize KD and win a championship. You don't want to strengthen another team to win a championship. You know, you don't want to help the... You don't want to help the ops. You don't want to help the enemy. What does... Le- what What is going through Genie Bus and Rob Palenka's mind? Are they happy with the one championship? I wonder... They won the one championship. They put together a pretty good team, a very good team of veteran players and a decent amount of young talent and won themselves a championship. And then they decided to sack it all off and just let LeBron do his thing. Now, everybody wants to blame LeBron for the Westbrook trade. I think that's fair. The front office can easily just say, no, we don't want to trade for Westbrook because Westbrook, we're the ones that actually, <laughs> you, were the, you were the ones that actually exposed Westbrook's weakness for a lack of jump shot. You know, he can't make a three to save his life. He can't make a jump shot to save his life in the playoffs. He becomes a liability. You pull up the, I'm not, now I'm not saying all blame is off, off LeBron and onto the front office. I'm saying both parties are at fault. We should not blame one or the other. So now the Lakers are, the trade deadline is three days away and the Lakers are still yet to make moves. We pulled off the trade for Rui Hachimura, which I like, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a trade. I like that trade a lot. Thomas Bryant, I mean, the emergence of Thomas Bryant has been amazing, so we don't really need Miles Turner anymore. And also, you know, prior to him getting that $60 million extension, I would still like to see the Lakers trade for shooting and maybe get a better ball handler to take the heat off LeBron because Dennis Schroeder is playing very good, but Russell Westbrook is kind of reverting back into Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is who he is. I think he's a great player. He's, you know, 75 greatest players of all time. One of my favorite all-time players. But he is who he is, and I'm not going to try and say if this, if that, if this, if that. Like I have, He's at a point in his career where he's older. He's, I think he's, he's on, he's on the, the bad side of 30. He's no longer in his 20s. He's no longer athletic. He's still very athletic, but he's no longer the greatest, most athletic point guard we've ever seen. He's not that anymore. So I would like to see Westbrook. I hate to say Westbrook. But I like to see Westbrook traded. I think the Lakers should focus all their attention on up north and look to Toronto, where Fred Van Vliet is possibly available. Gary Trent Jr. is possibly available, and Oji Ananobi, who deservedly so, is on everyone's radar. Which, like I said, deservedly so. The guy is amazing. He defends one through four so well. He doesn't need the ball in his hands. He can play. He plays off ball very well. He can make threes. He plays. He's a very good system player. You plug him into any system with a competent coach, that team is probably, you know, that team's odds to win at the highest level improve a lot. 
or that team's ceiling rises. You know, if you are a team that is just barely a play-in team, you now have a chance to win the play-in. If you're a team that has small odds to win a championship, now you are a team that could probably get to the finals. The Lakers should look up there. Fred Van Vliet is a dog. That guy plays hard. He makes shots. I love Fred Van Vliet. I don't talk about him enough, but I, Fred Van Vliet's a very good player. Do I watch him all the time? No, I don't watch the Raptors enough. I don't watch the Raptors at all. I watch them when they play some of my favorite teams. Or well, maybe if the matchup seems all right, I might turn on a Raptors game on League Pass. But Fred Van Vliet's very good. The Lakers should look to get him. Maybe not bring him off the bench. I don't know. But, you know... You should look to uh, add a piece like that who can play off ball or who can who can play off ball and also take the heat off LeBron James when um, LeBron is feeling tired. He's 38, for God's sake. He can't be playing point guard all the time. Garrett Jr. is a good shooter. Garrett Jr. is a very good shooter. Get him. The Lakers need to make moves because as presently constructed, this team will probably get bounced in the first round. Even if we survive, even if we get into the play-in, I think we can win the play-in, but we will not make it out the first round. I think the West is deep. I think flaws, the Lakers' flaws will show up. Teams will exploit those. The, our lack of shooting, our lack of spacing, Russell Westbrook, you know, as a, as a playoff liability that he is. And our ability to sometimes just not even defend. The Lakers need to make serious moves. The trade deadline about a month ago, I said, was going to be the more, probably the most dead trade deadline we've had in a while. I think also Sham said that. Now it's becoming one of the best. Kyrie Irving, the drama that has already made this one of the best trade de- uh, trade deadlines in a while. But... The Lakers need to make some moves because I want to see LeBron James win. I don't want to see LeBron James win a scoring scoring title. No, break the scoring record, excuse me, and then just not make the playoffs or not make the postseason. Come on, guys. He's the greatest player of all time, in my opinion. But I want we all want to see him win. He's playing so well. He's averaging 30 on better than 50% shooting in his 20th year. Can't you get the guy some help? So, you know, Darvin Ham, now his, he needs to improve his coaching. Some of the decisions he makes is uh, terrible. He doesn't, he, for some reason, he doesn't play Rui in closing lineups. He tries not to foul and l- r- relies a bit too much on the defense, as we saw in the Pelicans game uh, the other day. A game we desperately needed to win so we can improve our chances of rising up the ranks, but no. Davenham looked at the guys and said, don't foul, just defend, and we let so much time run off the clock, and then, yeah, the game was over. We we had a chance to win the game, and Davenham said, nope, you have a chance, I'm taking that away from you. Davenham, I like you as a coach, I love your interviews, I love, I love your voice, it's an amazing deep voice, it's, gr- it's a great voice. I think you're a great guy, but dude, you need to step it up a little bit. You know, you need to make some better decisions with that coaching. Anyway, thank you all for listening to this podcast. Uh, like this podcast, share, subscribe. Follow me on Twitter, at Niesmeister. Once again, follow me on Twitter, at Niesmeister. Thank you all for listening. I love you guys. I'll see you guys next time.
too easy.